Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Magru Rice on with us. Magru, you're, uh, you're from Hawaii and you're a captain, correct? Yes, I'm a charter boat captain here in Kona, Hawaii. Rad, dude. So uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, pretty much my whole life. Um, my dad um, bought his first charter boat in Kona in 1968. Um, wow. But I grew up, he, he was a manager of a cattle ranch, but he had a captain run the boat during the week, and then we'd fish the weekends and the tournaments. And so... I got to fish the whole time. And then when I was in high school, I deckhand on boats on weekends and on um, on the vacations. And then I went off to school and school wasn't too good. I spent two years of college in Fresno and I came home and started working on a ranch in Maui with my grandfather. And I got a call from... Uh, Peter Wright, who I work for here in Kona, uh, Captain Peter Wright. And he asked if I wanted to crew for him in Australia. And so in 1979, I went and did a season on the reef as a deckhand for Peter Wright. In Australia. Wow, that's insane. So what I did is I took a whole year because in those days you could have an open ticket to fly anywhere. So I took spent six months in Australia, three months in New Zealand, three months in Tahiti, fishing in all those places. That's insane. So did you actually grow up in Kona then? Yeah. So I'm born and raised sixth generation. Our family came here in 1840. Holy. Yeah. So that's insane. So you have a you have a long list of family members that fish and get after it over there. Yes. So our our family's um one of the few families that um, have three generations that have caught granders in Kona. Um, my father, myself, and my two sons. And then my mom's held multiple blue marlin records on 130 here. They're not standing now, but in the early days, in the 70s, she um, broke her own record uh, twice, and then somebody else has it now. Um, so our whole family's been fishing, and she's she's actually caught um, two granders um, in Australia over a thousand pounds, and held the women's eighty pound black marlin record for a while. Oh my goodness, you guys have a big history. That's insane. So where did it all start? How did you want to become a charter captain and get your own charter business? I mean, you said that your dad was. Right. big fisherman, but but for you personally, how did it all start? Where did you so, start chartering and where did uh, your business start? So how I started was, uh, like I said, as a deckhand when I was a teenager and, uh, you know, I always loved to fish and my dad always loved to fish. And in the 80s, the cattle industry went bad. So my, my dad went to being a charter boat captain full time on his his boat. He had a 31 Bertram at that time. And um, in 1986, I came back to Kona and he needed a crew. So he and I worked together. 
from 1986 to 1992. Um, and so I was his crew and then he'd take off on vacation and I would run the boat. And I had another crew, Kevin Nakamaro, who was actually going to college and he'd come home and my dad would go on vacation and he'd come home and crew for me. And um, so we did that. And then my dad went back to the cattle industry and I just stayed fishing. Um, he sold the business to a guy in Honolulu. And the guy said that if I came with the boat, he'd buy it. And so I worked for him for 15 years. And then he, then he sold the boat and that worked for the next person that bought the boat and upgraded some boats. And, um, and then now I work with, um, on the boat called the Kraken, which is 43 foot cobble. And um, we have two captains, myself and Cyrus Widnam. And um, so I run my charters on there and Cyrus runs his, but Cyrus has another boat that he takes care of. So I run a lot of his charters also. So how long have you been chartering? Full time since 1986. That is crazy to me. Yeah. So you've seen a lot and you've done a lot and you've caught a yeah. lot of fish. Yeah, so we average anywhere from 200 to 250 days a year chartering. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, you so have beautiful weather there, so you can do it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about Kona. It's, you got uh, Hoelalai Mountain and Mauna Loa Mountain, which block our trade winds, which are per predominantly east-northeast. And mm -hmm. so 350 days out of the year, we have flat, calm water in Kona. And... And the thing about Kona is you leave the harbor and you're 400 yards out of the green buoy and you're at 600 feet of water. You go three miles offshore, you're at 1,000 fathoms, which is 6,000 feet of water. So basically all of our fishing is parallel to shore. We don't, we don't have to run anywhere or do anything. Which So you which, said you're running a 40-foot 40, 40 Cabo? 43-foot Cabo. Yes. 43 foot. So how long, how long have you had that boat? Um, I've been working that boat for the last almost four years now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it does pretty well, obviously. We're doing very well. It's um, we've, we've had a lot of fish, you know, this year, this year has been a pretty good year. Um, I have five over 500 already this year, blue Marlin, 500 pound blue Marlin. Um, just in the last week we caught, in four days, we caught 11 billfish um, between wow. short-nosed spearfish and blue marlins. Um, caught a 140-pound tuna two days ago. You know, so <laughs> fishing, fishing's been good. Yeah, no, it's been... Uh, you have a full crew, right? Yeah, I have a crew. And right now, I have, I've had great crews throughout my career. Um, actually, a lot of them have upgraded. They're top captains now. Um, you know, it's it, it actually makes me real proud to see these guys the way they're they're fishing now. You know, they were my crews for, you know, I'd have them for a couple years and then they'd upgrade and they'd become a captain. And now they're running top boats and they're starting to be, you know, top captains themselves. And uh, but my crew right now. I have, we call him Nick G and he's, 
he's one of the best that I've ever had. And I, I just feel blessed to have someone like him on the deck with me. Yeah. That's the best when you have a good crew and you're able to get along and yeah. make sure you can trust that person too. It make, makes it fun. Makes life yeah. fun. You know? Absolutely. And, yeah. What, what makes Hawaii such an um, amazing place to be fishing? I know it's warm water, but it obviously has to do with a lot of the reefs and the, the system that runs through there. But can you talk to me about that and why the fishing is so good there? So we have currents that come through there all the time. That That's our, our main factor on catching fish. You got to have a good current. And the fish that we catch in the morning or the fish that we catch, say, at 3 o'clock wasn't there in the morning. And so what it is is if our trade winds are blowing, they could be blowing 20, 30 miles an hour up north, but we got none of that, but it keeps our current moving, and that's what keeps the fish flowing through. And, you know, basically our island is like a big reef in the middle of a huge Pacific Ocean. So you get fish flowing through there all the time. And what makes Kona so great, it's, you know, it's pretty much known as the blue marlin capital of the Pacific. And you can catch a thousand pound blue marlin any month of the year. You know, I've, I caught one in February. I caught one in July. I caught one in August. I caught a 996 in December. You know, I mean, you know, so that's that's the thing about Kona. You never know on a day that you go out what you're going to get into. And we have the variety of fish also. You know, we have good wahoo runs. We've got mai mai during the fall and winter that come in pretty thick. Um, and the tuna are usually our tuna runs May through September. But we get, we get good time. In the winter, they'll show up every once in a while, um, you know, so we'll have a good run in the winter sometime. How long does it take to, to reel in a marlin over there? I mean, with that size. Okay, so every boat's a little bit different. And like, like I tell people, fish doesn't know whose line they're going to bite. But when they bite my line, then they realize who they're hooked to. And <laughs> <laughs> that, and what I mean by that, it usually takes about five minutes per hundred pounds on my boat. And that is crazy. We use 130 pound tackle most of the time because you don't know if the fish is going to be 150 or 1150. So when we get a, like a little fish on 150 or so, you just back the drag off, have some fun, let the angler enjoy it and get it up as quick as possible and then release it. So he's nice and healthy. And that's the thing about Kona. Nowadays, we release 90% of the fish, that the marlin that we catch. So, What are you usually targeting? Are you usually targeting marlin? That's, that's our main target. But we, the lure, you know, we do a lot of lure fishing. Um, I'd say majority of the time lure fishing. We, li we like to live bait too, but the conditions got to be right to live bait. And yeah. um, so all the lures that we use, everything will eat it. You know, we got the Mai Mai's and Wahoo and Tunas and stuff will eat the same stuff as the Marlin. They're all feeding on the same thing. So, 
you know, basically we want to catch a marlin, but we'll take whatever bite for sure. So you're talking about lures and stuff like that. Let's let's talk about lures. Let's get into sure. that. What what is like the main difference? Have you fished on the west coast? Obviously, the mainland. Um, I fished in Cabo. I fished. Okay. I fished the Bisbee's so tournament quite a bit. Oh, rad. Yeah. Is there a big difference in what you're using um, in Hawaii versus even in Cabo for the Bisbees and stuff? Or no, is, it, actually, is it all pretty similar? Actually, it's pre- pretty close. Um, the fishing. And if if you go back, oh, say the last 15 years, and you see how many Hawaii captains have won the Bisbees because our techniques with their fishing, um, it it jives together where... It's pretty similar to what we do every day. Yeah. yeah. How are the actual fishing regulations in Hawaii? You said that you're catching yeah. and releasing a lot. So yeah. talk to me about that with tuna or marlin and stuff like that. What can you keep? What can you not keep? We can we can keep anything we want. Um, it's our it's our choice to um, to release these fish. You know, we want them to keep healthy and keep the stocks healthy and everything. Um, you know, a lot of there are other places like St. Thomas and Australia and stuff. They're 100 percent release. But now they have shark problems because they're releasing fish that aren't going to survive. And the sharks have learned how to eat these fish. So now even in Australia, the sharks will hear a boat slow down and they're coming to get their fish. And um uh, so in Hawaii, if the fish is not going to make it, we're going to take it and bring it in and it gets eaten. That's the thing about Hawaii. Anything that we bring to the dock gets eaten. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the marlin and stuff will donate to like church functions. They'll make smoked marlin out of it and stuff. And it's, it's good eating. Um, it's not the quality of tuna and wahoo and stuff, but it's still you know, pretty good. So, and you were talking about live bait too. You you said that you sometimes use live bait. What is the live bait that you're using there in Hawaii? We use skipjack tuna and yellowfin tuna, um, anywhere from two pounds to ten pounds. Wow. Yeah. So. So, what size what size line and hook are you using for that? Well, so it's our leaders are five hundred and thirty pound tests, which is like twenty four uh-huh. foot leader. And then we're using 130s on our reels. Yeah. So, but and um, w- would you say that the would you say that the live bait is is uh, better in certain circumstances when it comes to fishing in in the it, year? It is. It um, the big advantage of live bait is that um, your hookup percentages are better because they they swallow the bait. So, you know that's the big advantage of live bait fishing is the hookup percentages where with lures, you know, if you get a 50% hookup on lures on Marlin, you're doing good because that nose gets in the way. What about with bait? Are you, are you trolling like slow, slow trolling bait or are you just dropping it down? Yeah. So when we're live bait fishing, we're going about two to three knots. And when we're trolling with lures, we're doing about eight knots. And what are the tuna like? Do they like live bait better or they like uh, lures? Both. They, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the tuna like both. Um, you know, the other day, you know, when we caught that one the other day, 
we had a triple and it was all on lures and never eating everything we had out there. Finally got to hook one of them. They were just out of control. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So talk to me about your boat a little more. I want to learn about your boat. So yeah. do you have outriggers or, or yeah. what's your setup like on your boat? Yeah. So it's a 43 foot cobble. It's um, got a huge flybridge. Um, you know, six people could sit up on the flybridge with me, you know, talk to me wow. throughout the day. Um, got a big deck, got a nice big um, fighting chair, Murray Brothers fighting chair. Um, we run five five lines. Um, and we got a nice big salon. It's air conditioned. We got refrigerator drawers. We have two heads on the boat. You know, um, it's it's really comfortable. We do some overnight charters too. It's you know the boat's super comfortable for doing that. So when we do overnights, we go down to South Point, which is about oh sixty miles from from Kona. And we'll fish down there and spend the night. There's a nice anchorage inside the cliffs there at South Point. But the problem with South Point is when you get around, after 35 miles, you get around a, a point called Kona Point. Um, if the trades are blowing, it's, uh, it's pretty nasty. So you got to wait your weather to do the overnights down there. Yeah. But the fishing, the Wahoo... Wahoo and my my fishing are really good down there when you can get down there. Why is that? It's just the the setup of the ledges and and uh, the way the current is down there. It just makes and it's not as accessible as anywhere else. So not too many people go down there, and it's pretty far. So a lot of people don't go down there. A lot of people don't go down there because it's so far. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's actually one of my favorite places to go down there at South Point. It's got a ledge off the point. You know, South Point's southernmost tip in the United States. And uh, it's uh, got a ledge off of it. If the current's running good on that ledge, you can catch tuna, black marlin. Um, it's the one one place where we have more black marlin than blue marlin. That is crazy. On our coast. Speaking of marlin, let's. I want to talk to you about your setups and what you use. Obviously, you're yep. catching thousand pound marlin. So, mm -hmm. what do your fishing rods look like? What is uh, the line that you're using, and yeah. so forth? Yeah. So we're using one thirty blanks. Um, the rods that I have were made by Melton's Tackle. Um, we use one hundred and thirty pound test Amalon line. It's Right now, the 130 Amalon is probably the best line you can buy. Um, it, it lasts long. It doesn't chafe as much. Um, you know, it's, I've been, I've been using it, I don't know how many years. From Is it a braided line or? No, it's regular monofilament. Yep. Yeah. So what we do is we put um, about 700 yards of Dacron on the reel and then we splice the mono into the dacron and then put about 200 yards of mono on top of the dacron that way you're able to get the most capacity onto your reel if you put just mono you wouldn't be able to get that much line on the reel and what about for obviously you have different rods for different stuff right so right. let's let's talk about i want to know how do you different or yeah i don't know how to say this how do you uh have so, your rods set up differently for live bait or uh, 
trolling. Yeah. Yeah. So basically those rods are the same. Um, just with live bait, I have a mark that I let the bait out so far and then I have a mark and either my deckhand will hold the bait while we're live baiting or we'll put it up in a clip. Um, but we do have smaller rods. So like, say if we got into a school of Mai Mai, we'd pull out the stand-ups, um, you know, 30s and 50s and, uh, and use those to catch the Mai Mai and stuff. So that way you have more fun because... On a 130, it's kind of like your your commercial fishing them, pretty much, you know. So we'll pull out if we get into a school of mai mai or even smaller tunas and stuff. We'll pull out the small stuff and uh, catch those. Yeah. Do the fish get scared about seeing that thick a line with when you're trolling for marlin and stuff? Can you catch no. tuna off of those still? Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah they, yeah when they're eating they don't worry about it. For sure a lot of guys will go down and leader size you know when they're trying to catch tuna but i've found that if they're biting it, it doesn't matter what size leader you're using um they'll they'll bite it's when it's the live bait guys that have figured out if they're live baiting they'll live bait um a mackerel which we call opello in hawaii and for tunas and they'll go down the real small leader for those. And it does make a difference on that particular thing because they're going slow, right? With your with your rods that you're catching mahi or tuna on, are you using a fluoro uh, leader or are you still using mono? Still using mono. Yeah. Yeah, we're using either That's, 30. They're very, very unpicky fish over there. Yeah. So we're using, we're using uh, you know, 50s, 50s or 30s mono. Just off of there. Yeah. Yeah. And like when what we're about catching hook sizes. Hook sizes make a difference. So you gotta make the hook fit into the lure so that you're not, you know, too big of a hook or too small of a hook. You know, you just you look at the skirts on the lure and stuff and see what size hooks fits right into there. You know, most of our Marlin lures we're using the big lures will use eleven O. Uh, hooks, the medium size ten O's, and then small lures nines and eights. Yeah. So, what about for for your clientele that come on the boat? Are they keeping a lot of fish and flying it home, or do you pretty no. much release everything that you guys catch? No. So you know, like we catch the tunas, my my and ono. We keep all those because they're good eating. And um, if our client wants to eat some, we'll cut it for them. And they can take it and eat it. We, they don't really ship it back to the mainland. They'll if they're staying at a condo or something here, which nowadays a lot of people are. They'll um, take what they want to eat while they're staying here, and then uh, then we take the rest and we give our neighbors and and everybody. And you know, in fact, I just delivered a whole pile of fish yesterday to all my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> they like me in my neighborhood. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I bet I bet they do. I mean, you're catching fish every day, so yeah. they're probably super stoked and frothing out. Yeah. What about tournaments? Do you do any tournaments? Yeah, so I do all the tournaments. Um, that was okay. one of my goals when my dad turned the reins over to me in 93 completely was to be to have clients to be able to fish all the tournaments. And 
this point in time, I do have that, and I have been doing it for for years. Um, we have about ten tournaments throughout the year. They're they're pretty expensive, um, but you can win good money in them. Um, the big tournament is the World Cup tournament, which is Fourth of July every year. Um, it's anywhere in the world, your time zone between eight thirty and four thirty. And biggest fish over 500, winner take all. And yeah, so I think Hawaii. Are you doing that? Yep. Yeah, I, I actually won it in 2008. Holy. Yeah, so um, the, the that tournament, I think Kona's won it like eight times. Bermuda's won it like eight times. We're tied with Bermuda. And um, Cape Verde's has actually won it the last couple years, I think. So we're, you know, but the nice thing about Hawaii is we're the last time zone. So by 11 o'clock our time, we know what everybody else in the world has caught. So we know what we got to <laughs> beat. <laughs> so it makes it kind of fun. What was, what was that feeling like when you won that? Put it this way, it was, I had butterflies. I had, I had butterflies going. To, I knew I had the bigger. We had to beat a fish that was seven seventeen caught in Bermuda, and I hooked my fish at three thirty in the afternoon, and the guys in Bermuda were already partying. They figured they had it, and <laughs> I got the fish. I got the fish about quarter after four. It took about forty five minutes. I pulled it in the boat. I measured it, and I says, "Okay, we got this." because I knew the measurements were bigger than 717. And, uh, but I still had butterflies the whole way. And in, even that night, I had a hard time sleeping. It just, you know, the, the hype and the adrenaline and the whole thing just, it was, it was pretty, it was an awesome feeling for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. So let's, let's get off fishing for a second. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you live in one of the best destinations in the whole entire world. Sure. What makes Hawaii such an amazing tourist destination, especially when it comes to fishing and other activities that you can do um, on the yeah. islands? Yeah. So the big island itself is way different than the other islands um, because we're, you can put all the other islands together and we're still bigger. Um, it's you can hit almost every climate there is in one day. Um, so from the Kona airport to 45 miles down the coastline, it's probably the best weather in the planet. We don't have wind. Our temperature never gets above 88 degrees. Um, in the winter, you know, our temperature stays between 80 and 84 degrees. You know, the low might be 70, 68 at the at low. Depends on the elevation also, but pretty much stays the same. Then you go further north up white, towards Waikoloa where the hotels are, and you get the wind. You get the trade winds up there, so a little different. Then you get up into Waimea, which is the cattle country where Parker Ranch is. And that's different too. You got a little bit of wind, little little drizzles here and there, but you know, nice green and rolling hills and things. And then you go on the east northeast side and the east side, you got total tropical weather. 
you got the waterfalls, you got the botanical gardens. Um, then you come around to the south side, you got the Volcano National Park with the volcanoes that are erupting, you know, they're still going. Um, but, you know, the island's very diverse. I mean, we have hunting on this island. Um, we have sheep, goats. You can bird. snowboard, right? You can snowboard up on Mauna Kea in the winter. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and then you can go down to the beach and go surfing. You know, you're that is only, crazy. You're, you can be snowboarding and an hour be at the beach and go, and go surfing. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's our climate so diverse here that if you don't like the climate where you are, just drive in a half hour and it'll be different. You know, so. So what about um, destinations that are half the seas for people? I mean, what, 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 if I went there right now, give me some, give me some advice. Okay. You need to go to the, the waterfalls. Akaka Falls is one. Uh, the botanical gardens on the east side. Then you got diving and snorkeling on this side. So you got great diving. Um, you got great snorkeling tours. Um, Zodiac tours that take you down, go snorkeling the coastline. And next to fishing, the number one thing to do is swim with the manta rays at night. That, that is the number one thing people do. With diving there, is it pretty, uh, pretty friendly? Is it pretty, uh, easy to dive and user friendly? Not a lot of surf and waves. Yeah, no, totally user friendly. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the safest, easiest dive spots in the world. I mean, yeah. I mean, my wife's a diver. I'm not a diver, but my wife is, and she, she just loves it. You know, it, that's her world. Yeah. But the thing about it is, and everybody, everybody is um, receptive. You know, the fishermen like the divers. The divers like the fishermen. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're a very, very close community and, uh, you know, everybody helps everybody out and, uh, you know, it's, it's makes life fun for sure. Absolutely. How, how can I go and book a charter with you? Do you have a website or anything like that? So my website is hookedonkona.com. Okay. And, or ihunui sportsfishing.com so it's so hooked on kona dot com or ihunui i-h-u-n-u-i sports fishing and do you have any social media or instagram yeah. or anything like that so so my instagram is mcgrew rice one mcgrew is m-c-g-r-e-w rice r-i-c-e one and then my facebook I have Ihunui Sports Fishing Facebook and McGrew Rice Facebook. I have two. And th- this is this is your website. That's it. Hooked on Kona. Nice. Yeah. Bad. Awesome, McGrew. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. And it was it was a pleasure talking to you about your amazing place that you live in. Yeah. Um, no, I'm so it, jealous. You get to fish every day and have good weather. Yeah. But well, I just, you know, I want to um put a shout out to salt life. Um, you know, I've been wearing their stuff for about four or five years now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're coming out with some really good stuff. My deck and 
is stoked. He loves hoodies, and they got some really good performance wear yeah. hoodies. You know, here in Hawaii, we got to wear performance wear because, you know, we don't get cold. So that's the stuff in the sun. Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's about getting out of the sun now and that stuff, long sleeve performance wear. But for me, oh, it's pers- great. for me personally, they're the ones with the pockets. I got to have a pocket. And they got the performance wear with pockets. And that was that was my big draw Absolutely. in the beginning. And uh, you know, so but um no, I really that, really appreciate their stuff for sure. And I got I got a I know, pair I just got I just got new tr- trunks today. Yeah. I got a pair of their sunglasses and I <laughs> love them. They're they're light and easy and you know. Yeah, no, it's really, um, really good stuff. I'm, I'm super stoked. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Salt Life. And uh, thanks, McGrew, for cruising on to uh, this podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time on Above and Below. You got it. Sounds good. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.